Hey, thanks for listening to Cornerstone Church. You can find us on the web at akcornerstone.org. And we want you to know it's our prayer that the Holy Spirit will use this message to either save you through the good news about Jesus Christ, grow you into the likeness of Jesus, or send you to proclaim Jesus in the Spirit's power. What I want to do this morning is I want to tell you the story of Christmas in two venues, two arenas. I want to tell you the story of Christmas that you're familiar with. We're going to read a lot of passages this morning that relate to that story. And then I want to tell you the story above the story. I want to tell you the story inaugurated by the events of Christmas from heaven's perspective. Looks pretty different. Actually radically different than the quaint pictures that we see when we remember the nativity scenes and sights and sounds of Christmas. How did the story begin? It begins on what appears to be an ordinary night, very common night, just a normal, everyday night in a second-rate village called Nazareth to a common guy by the name of Joseph and a young, ordinary girl by the name of Mary. Luke chapter 1. 26, 27. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. There's no prestige here. There's no notoriety here. The world is not watching. The world does not care what is happening in that little out-of-the-way village called Nazareth. It took place in just a, a run-of-the-mill nation, a, a weak little nation under the thumb and the power and the subjugation of Rome. Yet the story above the story, the story from God's perspective, the story from heaven's perspective is a radically different picture. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars and she was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns 
and on his head seven diadems, and his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. What looked insignificant was actually the epicenter of a cosmic event. An event that would be the greatest event in history to that point. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. The commonplace became the epicenter of the cosmos. It went unnoticed on earth, practically, but not in heaven. All of heaven's eyes were transfixed on the events. God's and his angels and even Satan's. You see, Satan is the dragon in Revelation chapter 12. Satan knew that in the unfolding events was a character, was an individual that could seal his doom. It was the buildup of all history that was converging on this what looked ordinary but was really an extraordinary night. I just was thinking while we were watching the video of the drawings that depicted the the biblical history. Do you know that those drawings were foreshadows? They were pointing to the Christmas story. First there was just a few cameos there. First there was the creation of the world. Do you know who created the world? Jesus Christ created the world. It was, he was the Word that was with God. And by that Word, by that person, that Logos, all things were created. And then came the fall, the apple depicted there. And at the judgment of that sin, what was said in judgment to the serpent is that a seed of woman would come. You see, from the very moment of man's need, the picture began to be painted of the Savior that was to come. And that Savior was pictured in a lot of shadows and types like Moses, the lawgiver, when he delivered the people out of Egypt Out of bondage, it was a picture of a greater deliverance that was coming. And as he gave the law of God, the Ten Commandments, as the lawgiver, it was a picture of he who was going to come that was the truth incarnate. 
as the boy with the slingshot in the picture stood over Goliath. It was a picture of the victory that Jesus would win over Satan. And on the story goes up to the animal feeding trough and the child that was born. You see, what looked so common, so ordinary, was extraordinary. Luke one twenty eight. 31, 28, 35, and 37, and, 20, and 38. And he, the angel Gabriel, came to Mary and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Just an ordinary young girl with a common name living in a little backwater village in an unnoticed part of the globe. But to that ordinary girl came the greeting. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. See, there it is. What seemed so ordinary was prime time in the eyes of God. God is not impressed with what we're impressed with. He has an entirely different perspective on what is extraordinary. Here's a life principle, a great truth principle to take from the Christmas story. I'm just going to give you a few of these as we look at a few snapshots of the story here. The first principle is this just as relevant for you and I today, 2,000 years later, as it was for Mary on that day. God has a way of taking the ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary. He's in that business. That's what He does. You feel like your life is being eked out in a common ordinary, insignificant way. You long to do something of consequence. God is the God 
who takes the ordinary through the person of Jesus Christ and transforms them into the extraordinary. Hold that thought. We'll come back to it at the end. Let me show you the second picture. Both the earthly view and the heavenly perspective. Matthew 1, 18-24. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Consider the story of Joseph for a minute. Do you hear a battle? Do you see a battle raging in the story of Joseph? Let me point it out to you. There is a great battle waging here in the heart and the mind of Joseph. A battle brought on by bad news. What he heard and what he believed is that his young faithful betrothed fiance apparently was not so faithful after all and with that bad news came a broken heart rocked his world shattered his dreams and his hopes But he was a man of good character and so his plan was this, quote, the marriage is off but I cannot throw her to the wolves. That's a paraphrase. And that is just what would have happened if she had been exposed to public shame. And so... The story here for Joseph at this point is one of defeat, no question. The only question he has, the only issue he's now dealing with is how to cut his losses and hers to the minimum. It's a story of defeat. Let me show you the story again from heaven's perspective. Revelation 12, 5 to 9 She, Mary, gave birth to a male child, the one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. 
But her child was caught up to God and to His throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. We are told here, that the birth of the child set in place a battle. No, let me, let me change that. We're told here that the birth of the child in the heavenly realm set in place the great war of the universe. That's what we're told. Where the forces of God engaged in a war against the forces of Satan and his demons. Now in verse 5, we have a lot of time that elapses. There's like 33 years included in verse 5. Obviously, the birth of the male child is the birth of Jesus Christ, but at the end of verse 5 it says, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne Proper interpretation of that is referring to the ascension of Jesus after his death and resurrection back up into heaven. So there's a 33 year period of time right there in verse 5. And then in verses 6 and on, the woman referring to the people of God is really the story, ultimately, if you take it all the way down to verse 17, of the church age. And it is the battle that is raging against Satan and his forces and the sons and the daughters of God that has been raging throughout all of history. But this battle, inaugurated by the coming of the child on that common, ordinary unnoticed on earth night that was an extraordinary event, the epicenter of human history from the perspective of heaven. What I want you to notice both in Joseph's battle, the battle raging in his heart and his mind over his dilemma, over his defeat, and the battle that raged in heaven, what I want you to notice is that in both of them, God intervened and won the day. In the story of Joseph, an angel was sent to Joseph and said, Joseph, your betrothed is not unfaithful. She has conceived of a child by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And what happened for Joseph was that the bad news, the bad news, the news of defeat became the greatest 
news. Not only for him, but for all of humanity. And the news was this, that a Savior is going to be born. And that Savior is Emmanuel, God with us. Here's the take-home truth number two that I want to point out to you from the Christmas story. It's this. Jesus specializes in transforming defeat into victory. He is the great all-conquering one. His own defeat, what looked like his defeat on the cross was actually his planned death and his victory was the resurrection which he foretold would happen and promised his disciples would happen. He is the one that turns defeat into victory. He turned defeat into victory in the life of Joseph and throughout the last 2,000 years in the lives of every son and daughter of God, in the lives of every individual that puts their faith in Him, He replaces their defeat and bondage and death in sin with a brand new life, a life of peace with God, a life of a guaranteed eternal existence with God in heaven. Defeat to victory. The Christmas story is a story of defeat to victory because of the power of Jesus Christ. Is there defeat in your story? Defeat of a broken heart? Defeat of an empty promise? Defeat of a personal sin? Defeat of wrecked plans, defeat of wrong friends, you fill in the blank. Jesus Christ is the victor that turns defeat into victory. Hold that thought for a minute. Let's go to cameo number three. Luke 2, 7 to 14 And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Did you hear the story? The sheep were bedded down. 
The shepherds were dozing. And all of a sudden, in the darkness of that hillside night, their peace, the shepherd's peace, was shattered by terror. Did you hear it? Out of nowhere, even unnoticed by the sensitive ears of a shepherd who was trained to watch over his flock, came the unheard approach of the angelic messenger and out of the darkness came the brilliant light and a message from heaven, a message sent from God that terrified them. Do you know that many people live in a fear of God? And for many, that fear is justified if they were to meet God in their current unforgiven condition. But the story of Christmas is that God does not want you to live in fear of Him. The story of Christmas from God to us is fear not. Let your fear be replaced with great joy. That was the message to the shepherds. They were greatly terrified. And the messenger of God said, Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy from great fear to great joy. That's the story of Christmas. Jesus Christ is the one who can turn great fear into great joy. He's the one that takes a relationship between God and a sinful man that is estranged, that is a relationship of man's enmity toward God, an enemy of God, and turns it into a relationship of peace. A relationship of great joy, not fear. You see, the message was, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that message is as relevant and meant for you as it was for the shepherds. For unto you is born this day. Unto you is born this day a Savior. One who came to be your Savior. One who came to take your sin. One who came to remove what stands between you and the wrath of a holy God. Jesus Christ is your Savior. Now the story above the story. Revelations twelve ten through 12 And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers, that's Satan, that's what his name means, accuser, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down 
who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Do you hear what is taking place here in this ongoing cosmic battle as depicted in Revelation, a battle inaugurated by the coming of the child Christmas, a battle that is raging still? What is taking place here is related to the accuser. Satan, his name meaning accuser. What does Satan have to accuse us of before God day and night? What does Satan have to accuse us or all of humanity before the throne of the righteous holy God? It's our sin, right? It's our sin. But the message of Christmas is this, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day a Savior, and He is Christ the Lord. How does He save? He saves by taking your sin. He saves by going to the cross and taking upon Himself the sin of all humanity, the sin that you committed and nailing it there and paying its price so that if you will put your faith in Him, guess what? The enemy cannot accuse you of anymore. Your sin. When He says, if you're a son or a daughter of God that has put your faith in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, when He in heaven tries to accuse you day and night before the God, before God trying to incite the holy, righteous wrath of God against you, God says, that sin is taken care of. The wrath has already been satisfied. It's already been meted out in the sun. There is no more wrath to pay. The penalty is done. The accuser has no more ground to bring any charge against the sons and the daughters of God. That's what the Christmas story is about. It's about a Savior who came to satisfy God's wrath for sin. You see, the manger without the cross is pointless. It is absolutely pointless. The story of the manger is God in a feeding trough. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And it had to be God with us because He is the only one worthy and capable and perfect without sin that can take our sin to the cross, pay its penalty, satisfy its debt, so that you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the God-man, Emmanuel, God with us, and God on a cross, that we can go from great fear to great joy.
great fear to great joy. A third message of Christmas from the shepherds, message as relevant today as it ever was, is that Jesus is the one who transforms our fear into great joy. Now let me wrap this up. So go back and visit each one of these again. First of all, Mary, from ordinary to extraordinary. What was it that made the difference? What was it that transformed that ordinary girl and that ordinary event for her into an extraordinary reality. It was this. Do you remember hearing it in the story? She said when she heard the message that the angel brought about who the child was and what he would do, Mary responded in faith and said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. What made the difference was that she took God at His Word about the Son, put her faith in the Son, and lived her life based upon that faith. What about Joseph? What was it that took the brokenness of Joseph and turned it, the defeat of Joseph, and turned it into the victory of Joseph? It was this. Joseph heard the word about the son. Joseph heard God's message about the child and who the child was. Conceived of by the Holy Spirit. Folks, you don't think that was a hard message to swallow. You need to think through that a little bit. That was a tough situation. But he believed the message about the Son. He believed that He was the Savior come into the world to save mankind from their sin. He named Him Jesus for, quote, He will save His people from their sin. You see what made the difference that turned Joseph's Defeat into victory was that he believed in the message about the Son of Jesus Christ, who He is and what He would do. What about the shepherds? What turned their fear into great joy, their terror into exceeding joy? It was they got a message about the Son and they believed in the message about the Son. And they responded to the message that they received and acted upon it in faith and went to see the child. Just as the angel had said. The common thread that turned the ordinary into the extraordinary, that turned defeat into victory, and that turned fear into great joy, a common thread in every story, was that those individuals put their faith in the promised child 
in who he was and what he would do. And the truth this Christmas is that your life can go from ordinary to extraordinary. It can go from defeat to victory. It can go from fear before God to great joy in His presence if you will believe in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who came to be the Savior of mankind. Who paid the penalty for your sin so that when you put your faith in Him, His righteousness is given to you. And then from heaven's perspective, the story above the story in your life is extraordinary in the eyes of God. Is victory in the eyes of God. And is promised eternal great joy from God. Let me close with the last line of Romans or Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. It says, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. You're a son or daughter of God, that's you. And the truth is, the battle's raging still. The enemy has been defeated. His days are numbered, but they're not over yet. And his time is short. Verse 12. He knows his time is short. And so what he's doing right now is he's waging a war against the sons and the daughters of God. But you can win the victory in that because of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Not maybe not hopefully, guaranteed, sincerely in your heart, you believe in who Jesus is and what He did for you. You recognize your sin, your need for a Savior, that your sin is against the holiness of God and deserves His judgment. And you come to the Son who has paid that judgment for you and you trust in who He is in His all-sufficient sacrifice and His victory over sin and death and hell through the resurrection You place your faith in Him. Then the promise is you get in on the victory of Christmas. It's yours forever. Would you please stand? I'm going to just lead you in a word of prayer here. I don't want to end the service without just giving you that opportunity to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And from the 
perspective of God from ordinary to extraordinary, from defeat to victory, from fear to joy. Father, I pray that you would in the hearts and in the minds of those that are here, would you reveal the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That all of the story of Scripture is centered in Him. That He was the great theme, the great one who was to come. First mentioned in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 and then pictured all throughout the Old Testament and then onto the pages of the New Testament as it opens up. He is born to a virgin. He lives a perfect holy life He accomplishes his own death and defeats the death, that death and the grave and rises again as he said that he would. He is the one that John looked at and shouted at the Jordan River, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. pray that you would grant that faith, that saving faith to believe in the person of your son to those here who need that. If that's you this morning, you're sensing the Spirit of God to draw you. You recognize your sin and your need of a Savior. It's not the words that are critical it's the condition of your heart but if you will just talk to God in your own way something like this God I recognize my need of you I'm a sinner I deserve the punishment for my sin but I know Jesus has paid it all and I come to him only him believe in what He has done to save me from sin. And I put my faith in Him and in Him alone. And with the forgiveness and new life that He grants, I make a commitment to live it for His glory. That's you this morning prayed that prayer you're changed forever praise God it's in the name of Jesus I pray amen